Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are again to pull a random monster from a random monster manual and discuss. However, before we get into that this week, we have some some mail. We have some mail to discuss, Matt. Okay. So this is from fellow player of mine and and Matt Matt is our DM in this game. This is from Damon. Hi, Damon. Thank you for listening. Damon, Matt just introduced Damon to the podcast, and he has clearly been been binging. binging. Thank you. Yeah, he's been binging because he was on, gosh, episode five a day ago, and then we just got this email where he's on the Cambium and the Hag. So so his his email, and this is exactly what I want in emails, ideas from people on the monsters that we've discussed, and he's, he's cross-pollinating some of the monsters. It's brilliant. I love it. So, so I just had to run this by you guys before I forgot. I'm listening to the Cambium episode, and like you guys were saying, what if one of the players is handicapped by this fiend, and they have to travel to hell and barter with it in order to heal the PC? On the way to hell, the players are scrambling to figure out what they're going to give it, and they happen upon a hag that is one of the gemstones you guys talked about in the hag episode. They destroy the hag, take the stone, and trade it with the cambium, neither knowing that within 24 hours, it just becomes a pretty stone. And in turn, they created their own end boss with the cambium, having felt cheated out of an item of value. That is brilliant. I When I got that, I loved reading that. that. Like you said, it's the exact kind of email that we want, but it's also... Just the idea itself. Yeah. Bravo, Damon. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's taking all of these these creatures on their own. Really cool ideas. I, I love, as we've seen most of the creatures that we've talked about, they're really cool. They have a nice little hook here and there. But to to tie them together, to tie two completely separate monsters together, to make it more of an involved hook, more of a a consequential thing, a cause and effect, it's... And you're setting your players up technically for failure because they wouldn't they wouldn't know what, what's going to happen. They don't know what's going on. Or maybe they do and they think they're being smart about it. But then, they're, then, then they deserve the, the shot in the foot that they give themselves. <laughs> but yeah, I... I Absolutely. I just... I, I love it. I, I love combining the two. It's super brilliant. It's, it's, that, that's the thinking we need from you, fair townsfolk. Yeah, that, that itself is DM worthy. Like, I think with a little bit of just practice, like, Damon could put something together. Yeah. And he could put up a whole campaign and he could do it himself for sure. Easily. Easily. Yeah. With, with ideas like that. Yeah. And I got to say, Damon is a very, very soft spoken guy very he, he he's a man of few words from from what experiences i have with him that's the most i've ever seen ever come out of damon so we clearly sparked something i i know damon a little uh, a bit more than you yeah, do and yeah. it's when he's excited about something then you this is what you get i love whether it it's music whether it's you know just this kind of stuff whatever it is he he gets when he gets really excited he has 
he's a very intelligent guy and he he will apply that knowledge to pretty much anything else that he likes and I cannot wait for this kind of enthusiasm to come out in the games as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It it just it means we hit the right note and that's very satisfying yep. to me. I love it. So this week we'll di- let's dive into our monster of the week. Our random encounter, if you will. We are in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons source book. We're on page 204. This is a critter that came out with Spelljammer eons ago. So that was, what, like 2nd edition? I think it was was 2nd. Yeah, I think so. And this is called The GIF. G-I-F-F. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You recognize it. It's a it's a big, like, kind of colonial, militaristic hippo, basically. Yep. And there's, they are there's so they're spell jammer, which means they they fly ships, like ships that look like water ships, but they fly them in space. That was that was okay. essentially spell jammer. So, gotcha. so uh, a a gif. <laughs> Or GIF. Is it GIF? A GIF is easy ah. to spot in a room. They are a seven-foot-tall, hippopotamus-headed humanoid attired in gaudy military uniforms with gleaming pistols and muskets on display. These spacefaring mercenaries are renowned for their martial training and their love of explosives. Like, this one's got a sash, he's got epaulets, he's got a monocle and some fancy little pipe. He is... He's clearly a a british gentleman and it's so absurd yeah i've i've seen the the artwork for them before and i really enjoy just that idea of meshing the insanity of something as refined as we're supposed to think of the the old colonial military so to speak Mm -hmm. and a giant hippopotamus right in some alternate universe Hippos evolved better than monkeys and everything else stayed the same. Like we would just be hippo versions of ourselves doing this podcast and the gift and the gift would be like a a monkey human thing. And and we'd be like, oh, look at that human. Look at that monkey. How absurd. (laughs) It's trying to wear clothes. Yeah. So there, the, the gift is super specific in its lore and its organization and upon reading this at first, it felt kind of hampering because it's so, because they're, they're such, they have such a specific way about them. But in, in, in thinking about that, I, I can only say, like, take it with a grain of salt. If that aspect doesn't fit into your campaign, don't use that part. You know, if you want a single gif with a musket, go for it. No reason not to. I agree. You can pick and choose. There's nothing saying that your home campaign, whether it's a home brew or whether you're you see this in a a module somewhere, mm-hmm. you don't have to use every single bit and piece of this. Because frankly, and we've seen this before, you're not going to cover every single bit and piece of the story that you're trying to tell anyway. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's Hopefully the bulk is laid out for you and all potential avenues are covered, but 
there that's just the thing is they're all potential avenues you're only going to be seeing one so so use things on the fly and and reskin and recreate like this could easily be a hippo or even an alligator person or any any type of animal you know there's no reason not to if you don't want it to be the gif it's, which exactly. which makes me think of robin hood with the 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 rhino guards and the alligator yep. Gosh, I don't even know what his position was, but yeah, the the Disney Robin Hood. Yes, with the the chicken. Yeah, chicken ch- run. chicken run. Yep, A little callback to to rigged to rigged. Yeah, go back and listen to those rigged episodes if you have a lot of time. So mi- these they are a militaristic society. From birth until death, every gif has a military rank, like right from the start. They have, to, wow. they have to follow orders from their superior rank, and they can give orders to anyone below them, anyone below their rank. Promotions don't depend on age, but are granted by a superior as a reward for valor. They are devoted to their children, even as most of their education is geared toward fighting and war. So they're kind of Spartan, I guess? Yeah, I was going to say, it's something along those lines. It doesn't sound so, like, heartlessly militaristic, but... But, I mean, it is, that is their society, right? Right from the start, it seems. Yeah, definitely. They are in high demand as warriors for hire, as mercenaries. And they hire themselves out as, as units. You never, I mean, again, in, in the rules set up here, you never see them as an individual gif. You will, you'll always see units. And they refuse to fight other gif. And will never agree to contract un- to a contract unless it stipulates that they can sit out a battle rather than wage war against their kin. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They prize their reputation of their unit above their own individual life. Life is fleeting, but the regiment endures for generations or even centuries. So that makes it seem like people are are people move into these these regiments. And die and move on, but they just keep replenishing. So these regiments s- stay for forever. These- yeah, basically, it's the you know we're the hundred and tenth infantry, and we have been for generations. Yeah. and you're just a part of it. Yeah, I suppose that that makes the most sense if if your entire society is built upon these. It's it's essentially it's essentially a company, right? I mean, and say generations of people have been working at i don't know anheuser-busch you know at this point and it's still it's still around it's this is their job exactly yeah i guess that's one way to look at it it's just you're not born into factory work at anheuser-busch Well, right yeah well but 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 you're you're born to be a worker the american way is you're born to be a worker you know you're True. You're it's it's a little less Russian, but you're you're a cog in the machine, in one form or another. So it's it's the same thing. It's not like this, unless it is. I'm not sure. This this gif is specifically going into this this regiment. I don't know. I mean, I I suppose you could you could leave it open. Like this one is born, and and we know exactly where he's going. Or is it this one is born and we see what he's good at, so he'll go into that. That makes a little more sense, right? You see. It, or do they? Does. Or do they just start training like the 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 musketeers 
this one is born. He's going to be a musketeer. He starts his training as a musketeer and his path is set for life. I guess it could go I either can see way. Both. Yeah, I can see both ways. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you want to do it and how deep you want to get into that lore. Right. Where you could go the almost the American way where they, whatever they're good at, they can, they specialize mm-hmm. in and that's what they do. Regardless of the regiment, they can be assigned where that's needed or you can go almost the more communist way where it's, this is your job, you're doing it and you're in this regiment no matter what. Right. Right. It, it, we're doing a, a little bit of what we tend to do and it's it's deep diving in something that will probably never be seen by a player, but it's, I don't know, it's fun to think about, especially if they give us this lore, it's hard not to extrapolate on it. And that's the beauty of, of this podcast yeah. is, is to have these, these kind of stretched out discussions and, and maybe, maybe with this speculation, we, we inspire someone, you know, we inspire Damon to, to run a gif heavy campaign. Yeah. I, I realized through doing this for as long as we have the importance of having the ability to kind of bounce things off of somebody else in terms of ideas. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that I never would have come up with on my own or never would have come up with as fleshed out, I guess you could say Mm. on my own as I do just sitting here and bouncing things back and forth with you. Yeah. It is having that sounding board, even, even if you're running a campaign and say, you have a significant other who's not in the campaign. If they're open to the idea of you just just talking to them about it, just explaining it, telling them what your ideas are, that that's that's a completely different mind who will see things that you won't. Because if if you have a story set in your mind, you're going to follow that path. But this person who's not playing, so you have the advantage of not revealing anything to a player, this person who's not playing could see those other paths and and potentially open up avenues for you that that exactly. you never would have seen before. So yeah, as a as a DM, it's if if you have that resource, it's not a bad thing to take advantage of every now and then. It really is. For sure. And you know, that's one of the better things about our podcast is that we allow that to happen, obviously between the two of us, but also send your emails in, send right. your, you know, just get on the website and send us a message and let us know. And we'll, we can help be that sounding board for sure in terms of, you know, asking if, Oh, this is, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? I had this, what would you add? What would you, what would you remove? Yeah. And, we will, well, obviously we can talk about it on the podcast, but we would also be able to offer a bit more of an immediate response than having to wait a couple months to hear about it on the actual feed. Yeah, because we're, we're far ahead in terms of recording, <laughs> in, in case you haven't noticed. But yeah, we are, we are far ahead. But yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. If you, if you want to spitball stuff with us, by all means, if you, if you give us permission to... To talk about it on the podcast, cool. If not, we'll still we'll still respond to you uh, via yeah. email. Absolutely, we don't want to spoil anything for you or your players or anything if they're listening to the podcast as well, which they should be. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we don't want to spoil anything, so we won't reveal anything if if you ask us not to. But we're still here to help, 
in that regard for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, it would be an honor and a whole heck of a lot of fun. So back to the GIF. No honor in magic. Some GIF become wizards, clerics, and other kinds of spellcasters, but they're so infrequent that most GIF mercenary units have no magical capability. They're typically as smart as the average human, but their focus is on military training to the exclusion of all other areas of study, and it can make them seem dull-witted to those who have more varied interests. So it's just they've got the blinders on, and they are just so so heavily focused on, on the military aspect. Gotcha. And the, the key component to the GIF is their expertise with gunpowder. Freaking gunpowder. Okay. Muskets and grenades are the favorite weapons of every GIF. The bigger the boom, the brighter the flash, and the thicker the smoke it produces, the more GIF love a weapon. Their skill with gunpowder is another reason for their popularity as mercenaries. GIF revel in the challenge of building a bomb big enough to level a fortification. They gladly accept payment in kegs of gunpowder in preference to gold, gems, or other currency. Okay. So, as if... As if flying... Flying ships... Space-capable space flying ships weren't enough of a hurdle for entry. Because that, for some reason, it's this, it's this bizarre thing for me. For some reason, that, in, in my, my high fantasy world, fine, okay. But when you, when you suggest <laughs> gunpowder, I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're bringing guns into this? Come on now. <laughs> Let's be reasonable. This is high not fantasy. Just guns, but muskets. Yeah, muskets, muzzle loaders. Yeah, muskets and grenades. So it's I don't know why that part makes me pause, but if it's if it's if it's not a common thing, or I mean, you know, whatever, however you want to build your world, that's fine. But I like I kind of like the novelty of basically just these great big hippos having the capability of using gunpowder. Absolutely. I think that's something that you can kind of latch on to and, and build upon. I don't, maybe it's the mechanics of using guns or, or, or using muskets mm. because that's going to be different than your, your standard revolver or something along those yeah. lines. Maybe that's what gives you pause. Cause it certainly does for me as well. When you're trotting out an army of these all trying to fire muskets, I mean, it's it's just a ranged attack, you know. It's it's not it's nothing it's nothing crazy, and particularly because they have the trait called firearms knowledge, which allows them to ignore the loading property of muskets and pistols. Oh. So it's it's not okay. even like you have to spend a whole turn for them to load. They're so good, and it's so ingrained in them that they can fire and load in a single round. Okay, never mind that. Yeah. Because that was that was the big thing was, I mean, if you know anything about muskets, you realize that you could be shot 40 times between when you take a shot and when you finish loading your musket. Yeah. So, all right, well, then that, that takes care of that. Bring them on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's the same thing as using a bow and arrow. It's the same thing as using a really simple ranged spell. But it's it's just the aspect of... of of guns versus sword and board or magic that is that 
initially makes me go, Ugh. but it's, I mean, it's, there's no reason to, to, to back away from it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, there is definitely a, a place for it, even though it's not what you, not what you've come to expect, I guess, from your high fantasy. You yeah. don't, you, you did not see guns in the initial build of D and D back in the seventies. You didn't, you know, right. even the, the other iterations of it, whether it's Lord of the Rings or Hero Quest or anything like that, nobody had a gun. Yeah, yeah, it's usually put out as a supplement or or something to, that's tweaking the rules or adding to it. But it's all it's it's almost always a secondary thing after they've come out with the fantasy aspect. Precisely. But again, yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, if you want guns in your in your world, but you don't want the gif, you've got the stats right here for musket and pistol. And frag grenade, for that matter. Exactly, yeah. So the GIF is a medium humanoid, lawful neutral. They have a speed of 30. They have an AC of 16, because they're wearing a breastplate. Hit points of 60. Not too bad for, for a challenge rating of 3. Beef, um, beefy, yeah. I guess. They have a plus 4 to their strength, plus 2 to their dex, plus 3 to their con plus zero to their int, plus one to their wisdom, plus one to their charisma. That's a that's a good roll. An 18, 14, 17, 11, 12, 12. Those are good rolls. That's, yeah, I, I'd take that. I, I was going to say, I'd be very happy with those rolls. They have, let's see, head first charge. The gift can try to knock a creature over. If the gift moves at least 20 feet in a straight line that ends within five feet of a large or smaller creature, that creature must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or take 2d6 bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. Pretty much what you expect from, from a, a big animal humanoid thing at this point. Yep, exactly. You know, no trample, but they, they've got a prone, so that's good. They have a, a multi-attack, which means they can take two pistol attacks if they want. They've got a long sword that has... Ooh, a reach of five feet. That's nice. Longsword, I guess. Slashing damage. And it goes from a D8 plus four to a D10 plus four if they use two hands. So it's a, a could, okay. could be a two-hander. Their musket is a range of 40, 40 slash 120 feet. I still don't know. I still don't quite understand what that means. I'm not going to lie. Like, it can't go past 120 feet, obviously, but what's the 40? Is it more effective in that 40 range, it can't be because it's not like the numbers change. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not really sure or, unless there's some kind of mechanic before, like, that encompasses everything that says, like, 40 is its first, up to 40, you're fine. And then after that, you either roll with disadvantage or you roll, yeah. um, you know, with a minus two, however, whatever system you're playing. I know, in. I don't. I, I really do need to look that up. I don't I don't often play ranged, so so forty to one twenty. The hit is one D twelve plus two piercing damage. The pistol is pretty much the same thing except range is thirty to ninety, and it's a one D ten plus two piercing. And then they have the fragmentation grenade. Once per day. So apparently they only get one in their rations. Once per day, the gift throws a grenade up to sixty feet. Each creature, remember, it's just a bomb, so if it lands near near an ally, sorry, 
Each creature yep. within 20 feet of the grenade's detonation must make a DC 15 dex saving throw, taking 5d6 piercing damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. 5d6. Within 20 feet? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big explosion. Clearly. Holy cow. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so it's not like the little pineapple that we're used to seeing. I mean, they're they're hippos. They have bigger hands. They're, they're, his strength is a plus four, so he can he can chuck that bad boy. Up to sixty feet. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's a big one. Yeah that that is a lot of strategy in terms of where to throw it, where to hit. Mm-hmm. Like, do you throw it ten feet behind your target so that it only hits that? Yeah. Well, it, and try to minimize the damage. It's it's like it's like a wizard using fireball. You know how do you how do you manipulate accordingly? And you, you got to be looking at squares or or if you're you. Yep. It's a I suppose it's a little bit easier if you're using theater of the mind because you basically just say, well, if you're if you're the player, if you're a PC, you say to your DM, hey, is there a spot where I can put this where I'm not melting my my comrades? You know, true, true. I think that kind of stuff, though, is that's why I like using manipulatives, I guess you could say, because then you can really see it and it's tactile and you can say no there's not, and there's nothing called called into question yeah. either. Right. Like, are you just are you just saying that so that you can either stop me from using it, or maybe take out somebody else in the process, yeah. or? But is it is it for real? But as a as a player, I find it more satisfying to have to find that spot to be able to to look at that map and choose and be like, okay, this is where it's going to happen. And but that was two turns ago and by the time your turn comes up someone's moved or something so you're inevitably scrambling but that's that's very satisfying to me having having oh, to yeah. be strategic like that does the grenade have a fuse on it or is it just immediate throw it is it's just it's just an explosion it's just you okay. you throw it and it goes off yeah what you said just triggered that where you could light it and so i've seen or heard about some grenades where you light them on one turn and then you throw it on the next because mm. obviously the fuse takes a little while to, to detonate. And then, like you said, the whole battlefield can shift yeah. in that time. Yeah. And then you're, you got to throw it somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's not like an Acme bundle of, of dynamite. It's, it's, well, I think, so we, I think, think of it more like a pineapple, just a bigger pineapple. Maybe, yep. maybe a pineapple grenade the size of an actual pineapple. That would make sense, actually. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's big. However, speaking of fuses, gunpowder by the keg. Aside from their personal gunpowder weapons, gift ships and mercenary companies carry spare gunpowder in kegs. In an emergency or any time a large explosion is needed, a whole keg can be detonated. A gift lights the fuse on a keg and can throw the keg up to 15 feet as part of the same action. The keg explodes at the start of the the gift's next turn. So there's there's your your delayed explosion right there. Gotcha. Each creature within twenty feet of the exploding keg must make a DC twelve dex save. On a failed, they take seventy six fire damage and are knocked prone. On a save, they take half and aren't knocked prone. Every other keg of gunpowder within 20 feet of an exploding keg has a 50% chance of also exploding. Check each keg only once per turn, no matter how many other kegs explode around it. 
So, so the range of the explosion is 20 feet. The range of the throw is 15, which means oh, yeah. your gift needs to run after he throws that barrel. <laughs> you have to use, make sure you save your move action mm-hmm. or part of your move action, at least, to get the heck out of there after you chuck this. Yeah, cheese it and... and Unless you intentionally want it to to hit a bunch of barrels and make a really big explosion, True. make sure you 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 coordinate where that that bad boy's going. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like like you said, if if that explosion starts at the top of the gifts next turn, there's plenty of time for for craters to get out of the way, and if it's a twenty foot move or 20-foot explosion, rather, most things have at least a 30. So if it, if you're using it as like, oh, I'm going to blow up all these guys, you're kind of... it. you got to be really strategic and hope that, like, the stars align to, to really to really get a, a good group in there, in that explosion. Yeah, you have to to kind of coordinate it with... Either maybe a hold person spell or something mm. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Something where they can't move yeah. or their movement is hampered. Sure. I mean, if you throw it in a bunch of uh, difficult terrain, oh, yeah. it's going to be hard for them to move that fa- that fast. Right. They can only move 15. On yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If it, I mean, so, assuming it lands like directly next to them, but yeah. Precisely. And the only other way I can think to really maximize it is to be stealthy about it, which I don't think is the strong suit of the gift. Yeah, right. If if, but just by by virtue of of having a bunch of gif in your in your your fighting crew or whatever, having having access to the gif inevitably means that you have access to gunpowder, kegs of gunpowder. True. So you don't necessarily have to take the aspect of of lighting it and throwing it, but you you have the stats of of how long it takes, the size of the explosion, the damage, etc. So you could, they're they're giving not only are they giving us the ability for a gift to throw kegs of gunpowder, they're giving us the ability to use gunpowder strategically, Expl- exactly, explosively yeah. strategically. Yeah, they're just opening up that world. Yeah, really. Yeah. So. How many kegs of gunpowder would you give a gif? I mean, they would, they'll take as many as you want to give them, but... <laughs> they'll take all the gunpowder. All, all the gunpowder kegs. I mean, I like the gif. I like the, like the gif as a... We didn't, haven't even talked about the PC potential of a gif. Right, right. The, the fact that it really brings into, into play like a... a interstellar kind of starship combat type thing that you can do with it as well. Yep. Like there's a lot of things we have not even touched upon here. And so and don't forget they're mercenaries, which means you have just as much a chance coming up to fight against them as you do having them on your side. Exactly. If you have the gold or the gunpowder, yeah. Like you can hire them or you can be the target. Yeah. So that makes it really interesting as well because they're not you could Presumably, you could meet the a company as an ally, and then two levels later meet the same company as an adversary. Oh, oh, that is. Oh, I like that a lot. 
I like that a lot. And 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 the the aspect of you having you thinking you have the upper hand because you're going into battle with a company of of GIF, but the other side is coming in too. So both GIFs just sit out. Both both yeah. both teams sit out, and you have to fight on your own. So you think you're you have the leg up because mm-hmm. you're maybe attacking someone that you know is five levels larger mm-hmm. or higher up than you. Yeah. And he brings in his little trump card. So now it's, you're just canceling people out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You cancel out and you have to fight, fight on, on, unboosted. Yeah. It's like when you blow in the game genie and it still doesn't work. (laughs) It's like, this is, this is supposed to help me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to go with a solid eight, Okay. Barrels of gunpowder. Okay. Yeah, I think there is... I think we, we just scratched the surface of the potential of how cool these things could be. And honestly, just they just sound fun. They just sound like a lot of fun to, to, to see in a game or to throw into a game. And I think in... in in Mordenkainen's, there isn't like a template of like, oh, your player can be can can be a GIF. But I'm sure there's something out there. There might be an Unearthed Arcana or or something on Dungeon Master's Guild. Somebody has to have homebrewed. In fact, you'll probably find several different templates to homebrew the GIF, is my guess. Yeah, I would imagine. And honestly, if if not, just just homebrew it yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not hard to take the stats that you have there yep. and just adjust them. Yep. Tweak them, add... I mean, obviously, it would be strength and maybe constitution, you know? Those yep. are and, and maybe if you need something race-related, look at half-orc. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult to find options out there th- that you can base them off of. Exactly. Exactly. Just one question before we go with it, though. Were, is there anything in the the book in terms of different like kinds of gif like uh, a gif bombardier a mm. gif snipe anything like that Nothing. or is it just it's it's no? just yeah it's it's that is that's not one of those umbrella and then you you get specificity that one is just just plain old okay yeah interesting so so i mean i don't know take take the musket stats and and buff them a little bit, and you've got a GIF sniper, and and sure. maybe take the grenade stats and weaken them a little bit, but give them the ability to do it more often, and if you've got your bombardier or something like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, it, there's always the opportunity to move things around mm-hmm. and and create your own, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can, you certainly can personalize with just... With just a reskin or with with just a, a a little tweaking of numbers, it's really it's it's really not that difficult. And if you find in the moment that you may have tweaked a little too much, you know, adjust on the fly. That that is that is that is the the first and most important tool in a DM's tool bag is to be able to adjust on the fly. That's why we have the DM screen. That's right. That's that is exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. As long as people don't see the blood run from your face when you roll three ones in a row, keep your cool. Get a poker face, but but yeah, you should be fine. <laughs> yeah, 
That is it for this week of Random Encounters. Thank you so much for listening. As we said earlier, go ahead and shoot us an email, moms at fecklessmoms.com, or head right over to fecklessmoms.com, and there's a contact us right on the page. There's also a list of the books that we have. If you wanna, if you have any of them and you want us to discuss something specific, go to the Random Encounters on Feckless Moms and shoot us a message. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us know how you would use any of the creatures we've discussed thus far. We appreciate it. And if nothing else, we'll talk to you next week about a new random monster from a random monster. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.